this is Darren Lux, and you're listening to the very first episode of the Not So Epic Rant podcast. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, you know some some background information about myself. I'm 22 years old, and I'm from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. If you don't know where that that's at, it's in the western, the southwestern part of Pennsylvania, about an hour and a half away from. Uh, Pittsburgh, about 65 to 70 miles away from Pittsburgh. Um, and if you can hear, I don't know if you can hear it or not, but it's raining outside and uh, it's January. Today's January 17th and it's raining in western Pennsylvania. Right? Doesn't that sound a little weird? What the hell is that? 40 degrees and pouring down rain instead of, you know, 25 and snow. And it ha- we haven't had snow in, in at least a week, if not longer. Yeah, definitely a week or longer of no snow here in in, in Western Pennsylvania in the wintertime. It's January 17th, and we've had three, four days of snow, maybe. And they weren't even, like, all the same day or all the same week. You know, we had, we had snow in... Uh, the week before Thanksgiving, and then we had a little bit of snow in December, and then the rest of December there wasn't shit. Uh, January started out with a, with some snow and then an ice storm. Um, literally, my car had a layer of ice over the whole car. I had to chisel out my windshield and my gas pump because I had to go get gas, and just the layer of ice was on my car. But now it's 40 degrees and raining on January 11th. I mean, 17th, what the hell? What the hell is that? Is that Does that mean, like, you know, we're never going to have winter in Pennsylvania again? Like a normal steady, you know, starting at the end of December and finishing up in February, just snowstorms? Like, is, is, that, is that done? Where do I need to go to have snow in the winter? Because, you know, I, I snowboard. And we have a mountain here uh, or a ski resort here called Seven Springs. And if I were to go to there right now, I'd pay about $60 to ride, you know, 60% of a mountain because the rest of it doesn't have any snow on it. And now after it rains, all that snow that's there is going to be gone too. But and then, and then if I go on a weekend, they charge upwards of $80 to snowboard on 60% of a mountain, 40 degrees in rain. Yeah, bullshit. Total bullshit. So where do I got to go? Where are there mountains? I mean, I, granted, the, it's not the biggest mountain or the best mountain, so maybe, you know, out west, northern California, Colorado, maybe that's where you got to go, but shit. Do they even have snow out there? I don't know. I don't live out there. There's no snow here. And it pisses me off because, you know, there's not much to do in the wintertime. Um, and the weather's like, it's even, even if it was nice out, it's not nice out. It's 40 degrees and rain. What are you going to do? Nothing. Nothing you can do. So, you know, you, normally in the snow, when there's snow, I like to go snowboarding. You know, it's something I enjoy to do. It's fun. Um, it's almost relaxing in a way, especially whenever, you know, you're going down the mountain and you got your headphones in and you're by yourself and... You don't have to worry about anything other than don't eat shit. It's the only thing you got to worry about. Don't wipe out. Don't take out a herd of kids. 
Don't break your neck. You'll be fine. I think it's fun to do. But, you know, can't really do it right now because that's a lot of money to spend for 60% of a mountain. Why don't I pay 60% of the lift ticket? No, that doesn't work. That's the way it goes, I guess. But uh, where was I? Some backstory about me, I guess. Um, so not not so epic rant. As you could tell, uh, I'm gonna rant about things like I just did, and I'm not gonna say everything I say is gonna be an epic rant. So that's where I came up with the name "Not So Epic Rant." Um, who knows? Maybe I'll change it someday. Uh, you know, really, I just I've, I've always wanted to do a podcast, and I've tried here and there before. Um, and, you know, the only way I'm going to make this happen is if I just sit down and do it. You know, it's not going to just happen if I don't do it. Um, so I'm kind of just forcing myself to do it. Um, I don't know how long I'm going to do them. I don't know when I'm going to do them. I just know the only way it's going to happen is if I sit down and do it and force myself. Because I'm the kind of person that, you know, has always had a little bit of trouble with motivation and motivating myself to do things. Um you know, I'm, I'm a musician, and I like to work out, and um, I like to write music, and, you know, I've just, there's something, especially in schooling, you know, I went to uh, IUP, that stands for Indiana University of Pennsylvania, um, and no, it's not a branch of Indiana University, it's, uh, there's, Indiana, Pennsylvania is a town not far from here, about 45 minutes, um, I think the school has about 15,000 students, so it's actually a decent-sized decent size school. Um, it's, a, it's in the Pennsylvania state school system. Um, and I did good in college. I did better in college than I did in, in high school. That's for damn sure. But uh, just you know, trying to, to motivate, motivate myself to, not, to you know, do a project not the night before it's due or to go to the library or to study for a test and you know that's understandable those are all extremely tedious things and unless you unless you're into that you know there are people that like to learn and like to do schoolwork um and you know I'm just not one of those type of people but I wish that's where you know my lack of motivation ended but I've had that, you know, come through to other parts of my life, even in, in aspects of my life that I enjoy. Like, um, here's a good example. Like, whenever, whenever I get motivated to do something, um, you know, almost nothing can stop me. Like, uh, you know, I'll be writing music. I'll be sitting at my computer recording guitar and programming drums and all that and be on the verge of pissing myself, but I don't stop for, you know, another two or three hours because I'm on a roll. Um, but then, you know, the next night I'll come home from whatever I was doing, thinking about recording all day and I'll get home and, you know, I'm going to go record and I sit down on my computer and before I open up, uh, my software, I open up YouTube and then I watch a video and then I'm like, all right, after this video, I'll record now. Then I watch another video and another, and the next thing I know it's, you know, it's 1030 at night and I didn't record anything. And, you know, that's why I have songs on my computer from over a year ago it's still not finished because you know I didn't have the motivation to sit down and finish it so um maybe this is doing a podcast you know it could be my way of breaking myself of the habit um 
who knows? Definitely something I need to work on personally is motivating myself to do things that I don't want to do. Cleaning my room. That's a great example. It's not the worst room in the world, but just looking around it right now, um, it could use a good clean over. But here's the thing. I'll spend an hour cleaning my room spotless, and within two days, it looks, you know, it just goes right back to the way it was because I get a load of clean clothes and I don't feel like putting them away. And then, you know, I'll, I don't have an empty basket for my dirty clothes, so I just throw those on the floor. And then within, you know, all that work I did is just gone within two or three days. So, and then I don't, like, why the hell would I want to clean it up again? Because I know how I am and I know that I'm just going to ruin it all over again. And... Uh, then I, then I know I'm not, you know, I don't want to clean it because who the hell wants to clean their room? That's not fun. You know, so I got to find a way to get myself to do the things that I don't want to do. And even, even, like I said, even things I want to do, I have trouble, you know, there's, there's nights where I like, I think about, you know, going home, playing, playing PlayStation and, you know, putting in the game and playing. And I don't even have the motivation to do that. I put it in, and I'm like, you know, I don't even want to do this right now. I just, I don't know what I want. just want to watch YouTube videos or watch a movie or something. Um, I've been, I, I've been thinking about starting a new podcast for I can't even tell you how long, and you know, I'm just I finally got to the point where I got to force myself to do it because it's something I think I would enjoy doing, and I could see myself doing for a long time if I were ever to you know, gain some type of audience or following. Um, uh, I think that I have the skills to, you know, make an interesting podcast, whether or not I can do that now or it's something, you know, it's obviously I'm going to grow as a podcaster or as a speaker. Um, but I think some, I could definitely see myself doing this um, for a long, long period of time. Not, not going to say I'm going to make a career out of it, but uh, you know, hey, who knows what could happen? Uh, definitely not going to get anywhere by not doing this. So I'm just forcing myself now to sit down and, and record something, whether it's five minutes, ten minutes, half an hour, something. I don't even know where I'm going to p- upload this yet, whether it's going to be on YouTube or uh, I'll try and get it on iTunes. Um, we'll see if that happens. I barely even have a logo finished yet. I started on one because um, I'm actually building a a new website. Uh, I had a I made a, uh, a portfolio website back in college for a photography class, and then we had a uh, senior portfolio class where we just kind of compiled all of our best work and you know just made a website of it. So I have that. It's like my name at Wix dot com Darian Lux. DarianLuxWix.com, something like that. I don't even know. But now I'm, I, want, I want to make something a little more professional. Um, so I've been working on a, uh, you know, a multimedia website for, you know, for my photography and videography um, and maybe do a little graphic design. Um, and I'll probably put this on there as well um, because that's something I also, you know, my dream job or dream career, I should say, is just to, you know, eventually work for myself, you know, to be my own boss, to make my own schedule. And another thing, 
I want to, I want to have a career where I can make money in my sleep, you know, like th- through the internet, you really have that opportunity, whether it's a clothing company or whether it's, you know, from people watching your videos or listening to your podcast, I want to be able to make money while I sleep, you know, some kind of revenue that is outside of me grinding, you know, the 48, 40 hours a week or whatever, you know, whatever monotonous bullshit that everyone else does to make their career. Um, so that's really, I got to find my, my, my zone out there in the world that's, you know, where I can enjoy my life and make a comfortable living at the same time. Um, because really working for someone else, doing things that you don't want to do, uh, waking up early whenever you don't want to wake up early or staying up, working late when you don't want to work late. Uh, those are things that, you know, I, I want to be able to, to control what time I start work, what time I stop work, how long I work for, who I work with. Um, I think those are things that would, that are very important for my happiness as an individual. Um, and I'm going to, you know, hopefully I'll find my lane, um, I've been a musician since I was seven years old. I started playing the guitar, and I, like I said, you know, I try to write music. Um, the few problems with that is, you know, the music industry is, it's in an interesting spot where there's almost too much, you know, there's almost too much out there. So how how can I get noticed whenever there's there's bands that have been around for 10 years still aren't making money, you know. They just make enough to go on tour and they they you know, they just break even. Um and here I am, you know, just a kid in my in my room with a guitar and a laptop. Um and how how can I compete with people like that? Um and bands there's bands that you know, are on their first album right now. They're you know they're that much ahead of me. I haven't even finished writing my my album yet. Um, another thing is I can't sing or write lyrics to save my ass. So everything I write is instrumental. And to make things you know even even harder on myself, the kind of music I'm into and the kind of music I write isn't the most popular music on the planet. Um, so pretty much what I, you know, my influences range from my, you know, my favorite band of all time is without a doubt Tool. Uh, and then some of my other huge, huge inspirations would be Mastodon, Metallica, Misfits. Um, but when I write, it it kind of ends up always being some form of, you know, progressive metal meets metalcore. Uh, somewhere in that, I don't even, you know, there's not a single band I could say that it sounds like because, you know, I, you know, I take my influences, everything I listen to, and I kind of, you know, put it in a blender, and then whatever I write just comes out, and if I want to put a part, like a thrash, you know, a machine head, you know, I have a song with a couple parts that really sound, 
you know, like they would fit on mach- on a Machine Head record. But within that same song, I have, um, you know, it could it, something that could be on a Mon Amarth, something that could be on Trivium. Um, and those aren't even bands that I really listen to that often, but just trying to think of something that it would sound like. Um, something that would be on Behemoth, you know, and I think that's, that is that is something that, you know, is almost important as, almost necessary as as a, an aspiring musician or aspiring artist or to, you know, to set yourself apart from the pack because if, if I write an album that sounds exactly like Avenged Sevenfold, Maybe that'll get huge because that that happens every once in a while, but chances of me having a long successful career after that one album after that wears off, you know, pretty slim to none. And I also like I, I that, that's you know I'm how do I don't want to put it? Um, that's almost like. I don't know. That's almost like sacrilege to me. You know, writing an album that sounds exactly like an, another band or another album. Or, I mean, there's definitely parts you'll listen to something on my song and be like, "Oh, that sounds like Mastodon." But then, right after that, you're gonna get you know you're gonna get a breakdown or something. You know, like, "Oh, that sounds like Hatebreed." But having a part that sounds like Mastodon and a part that sounds like Hatebreed in the same song, not a lot of bands have that I know of do things like that. Um, not saying that what I write is the most innovative and, you know, unheard of material you ever hear in your life, but uh, it's just the way I write, and um, I know that if if I'm going to get anywhere or I'm going to get anyone to listen to my music, especially in, in the metal world or the progressive world, you know, it's got to sound different. It has to have its own identity, and I think I actually have done things that, you know, you'll listen to and, wow, I've never heard anything like that before. Or, you know, I've heard, I've heard a part like that and I've heard a part like that, but the way you put the two together is pretty interesting. Um, I definitely think I, I, I've been able to write a couple interesting things and who knows, maybe no one will ever hear it and it's just something I think it's fun and I just like to sit down and play and record and program drums and record bass um, and try to make it sound as good as possible, um, or maybe you know, someday someone will listen to it and like it, whether it's five people, ten people, you know, if if I ever just you know one a person, a complete stranger, I could put it on the internet and they can find a song of mine and reach out to me and say, hey, you know, you wrote this song and I listened to it and I think it's an awesome song. You know, that would just that alone would make me feel good and just knowing that I created something threw it up on the internet and someone on the other side of the planet heard it and they were you know they liked what I did that would that would you know that would mean the world to me um so who knows what's going to happen with that uh I'm going to try and keep working on it hopefully I have about let me think five songs almost done um Definitely in 2017, I want to I have it finished, and I'll probably get CDs made. I don't know. I'll definitely have it put online somewhere, YouTube or Bandcamp or SoundCloud. I'll definitely have it out there, um, but who knows how soon I'm going to get that done. Uh, but it's, it's definitely fun, definitely, you know, definitely enjoyable. Um, 
and I learn things all the time, new things about how to, you know, how to EQ and how to do this and how to do that, how to make that sound better. And, um, it's definitely a challenge, you know, to start with a blank slate, not a single note, not a single drum, nothing written. And this is, I really don't write music. I just sit down and I just start recording. I don't know if that's the best way to do it because, you know, I have a, a, a voice memos on my iPhone, three, four, or five years of riffs, and I've never used a single one of them. You know, I'll be jamming in, oh, that sounds good, I better record that. Put it on my phone. I've never used a single one. What are they doing there for? Maybe someday I'll go through and get the good ones and delete the bad ones, but I'm sure that would be like 99% of them are shit, but, you know, so what I do is I just I just sit down and start playing and then if I like it I record it and then I put drums on that and then I try and figure out how I can get that part to go into the next part or well maybe this doesn't work and I have a riff started you know for another song because sometimes I'll start a song and I don't finish it so then I put the two together which I actually I've done that before but you know it's it's a it's a challenge to you know start with this complete complete you know start with nothing Completely nothing, and you, to build it to get it into a four, five, six, seven minute song, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. And sometimes, you know, one of the best songs I have written, you know, I wrote almost instantly. Um, and another song that I really like, I I wrote the main riff for it over a year ago. I don't remember on Christmas break, I believe, might even been before. I wrote the riff before Christmas break. When I got home on Christmas break, I I got about four minutes of the song done. And just this week, I think I finished the song. At least I finished the, the, you know, from the beginning to the end. There's little things like turning this lead up or turning that, that lead down or fixing the snare here. Little things like that still need tweaked. But I've, the intro, the hoy to the outro of the song is, is done, I believe. And that took over a year. Granted, I wasn't sitting there working on it every day for a year, which... Um, I've probably spent about 10 days actually working on it, but that's a lot of time too, just to work on one song. that Good chance no one's ever going to hear it, but like I said, I don't really care um, because it is it is a good way, a fun way to challenge yourself. Um, but who knows? Well, hopefully, like I said, this year I'll get that done. Maybe someone will hear it, maybe someone won't. But, well, what else do I want to talk about? Ah, so I'm a huge sports fan. Um, my teams, my my NFL team, which that's my favorite sport. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously, being from the Pittsburgh area, close enough. Um, and they are about to play the AFC Championship game in Foxborough, New England, Foxborough, Massachusetts, against the New England Patriots. You know and it should be an interesting game. Um, the Steelers played the Kansas City Chiefs and beat them 18-16. to Six field goals against the Chiefs, two touchdowns. Um, obviously, that's not going to fly in New England. Granted, the, the defense played a hell of a game. Uh, if we can get the defense to play that way, um, that'll definitely make things easier, but... Getting it down into the red zone four or five times, one of them was an interception, but other than that, they were all field goals. And then I think there were two field goals over 40 yards. 
That's not good. Especially when you got Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. Um, the, the middle of the field was wide open for the whole game. Um, Jesse James had about six catches for over 50 yards. Um, you know, not one of those passes could have ended up in the middle of the end zone or I don't know, but I'm definitely excited that we are in the playoffs and we're about to play the ASC championship game. And if we win, we go to the Super Bowl. Um, and that'll be against either Dallas or not Dallas, Jesus, either the Packers or the Atlanta Falcons. Um, part of me wants to play the the Packers again and get a win over them. Part of me wants to play the Falcons because have the Falcons ever been in a Super Bowl? I want to say they were in one, but they definitely haven't won a Super Bowl. And at the beginning of the year, if you would have said the Falcons would be in the Super Bowl, you know, a lot of people would have said you're crazy. Yeah, they have this great offense, but they have a great offense every year. They have Matt Ryan, who throws 4,000 yards every year, 40 touchdowns, whatever. They still, they play the teams in their division, the Saints and Tampa Bay and who else? Some other shit team, the Titans or someone like that. And, you know, all they got to do is beat those teams. So that's six games. So the Falcons every year could go to the playoffs 6-10 and ten pretty much if they just beat the teams in their division, which are horrible. And that gives them a chance, like I said, to get into the playoffs. So uh, I really didn't think Atlanta had what it, you know, we're, we're going to make it to the playoffs. But here we are, and they're about to play a home, a home game, a home championship game um, against the – the Packers. So who knows what's going to happen in that game? Aaron Rodgers versus Matt Ryan. Um, the Packers defense didn't look great. The Falcons don't have a great defense, but they they were able to stop. Uh, they were they were able to stop Seattle. Seattle doesn't exactly have a high powered offense, but they were able to stop them. So. And yeah, I think what was the score? Thirty-six to twenty. That's definitely you know a margin of six, 16 points, two scores, and the next and a two-point conversion. So should definitely be interesting. Um, I just as long as as long as Pittsburgh wins, I don't care who we're playing in the Super Bowl. Um, I really think Ben if Ben gets another Super Bowl ring, you know his legacy as an elite quarterback or even no top 10 top five quarterback of all time you know that really helps him out um it doesn't help that while he was playing there's also tom brady and peyton manning you know that kind of hurts to people to put you in the conversation of the best quarterbacks of all time whenever you're playing up against those guys so but um i did see a thing since 2003 the only quarterbacks outside of one year to play, you know, for an AFC team were Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Ben Roethlisberger in the Super Bowl, with the one outsider being Joe Flacco, that asshole. When the Ravens got in the Super Bowl and played against the uh, 49ers, but since 2003, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Ben Roethlisberger, with the exception of one year, the only AFC play quarterbacks to play in the Super Bowl, and that, you know, 
that helps Ben right there. You know, that he's immediately put into that conversation with those two whenever you look at that stat. Um, and, you know, those two, Tom Brady and, and Peyton Manning, have played on teams with way better attributes and way better players than Ben has outside of the defense um, from the 2005 and the 2008 Super Bowls or the, uh, yeah, the Super Bowl 40 and Super Bowl 43, which those two, those two defenses, you know, arguably one of the greatest defense of all time. I mean, you got James Harrison in his prime, Lamar Woodley in, 2000, in the Super Bowl 43, Paul Malu in his prime, in Super Bowl 40 at Clark Higgins, Ike Taylor in his prime, Deshae, Deshae Townsend, you had Aaron Smith. In Super Bowl 43, there's Brett Kiesel in his prime, Casey Hampton, Joey Porter, Larry Foote, James Ferrier, like, you know, stacked, completely stacked defenses. Ryan Clark in his prime. Um, so that really helps. You also had Jerome Bettis and then Willie Parker, um, Heinz Ward, you know. But then again, the Patriots put these players you never even heard of and Bill Belichick somehow, you know, Masters up a play that turns freaking Wes Welker into a stud, whether it lasts for a whole career or not. That's besides the point. They still go 18-0 and and then lose the Super Bowl. But, you know, I don't even know where I'm getting at this point. All I'm saying is I really hope Ben Roethlisberger wins the Super Bowl. And, you know, that's going to help his legacy out uh, with the talks of being one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Um, so that should be interesting. This Sunday, 6.40, I'll be watching that game and hoping for the best. Um, Last thing I want to talk about, um, I'm a UFC fan. And since the sale of the UFC, um, the interim title has become kind of this, I don't know what you want to call it, but um, so before... The way I understood it, and if you you, you go back and look at the history um, of the champions, the championships and the belts in the UFC, typically the only time an interim was brought out was whenever someone was inactive for a long period of time, whether it be to injury or most likely it was due to injury or uh, I want to say with GSP or Randy Couture, one of those two, there was a contract dispute. But definitely, I mean, Dominic Cruz, injury. Um, Cain Velasquez, injury. You know, both of those, there was a uh, an interim belt. Also, suspension. I forgot, John Jones, he gets suspended, interim belt. Um, what's his name? Jose Aldo, injury. You know, he's injured, so there's an interim belt. Conor McGregor wins the interim belt. Conor McGregor fights Jose Aldo, beats him with one punch, wins the championship belt. Then moves to 155, but all, all while all within a year, within a year, not even 365 days, 350 days to be exact. Uh, it's the amount of time he he held the featherweight belt. That belt gets taken away from him. But he didn't lose it gets taken away from him, gets handed to Jose Aldo, who beat Frankie Edgar for an interim belt. 
the interim belt gets pretty much handed to Max Holloway, who fought uh, Anthony Pettis, who is the former 155-pound champion, who had one fight in 145 prior to an interim championship bout. Uh, yeah, we know he missed weight, and he wasn't able to win the belt, but he still lost the fight. There was an interim fight for a belt between the number one contender and a guy who ha- was in his second fight in that division. What the hell? How does this make sense? I don't... This, uh, this isn't like... I'm not like... Um, how do I put this? I'm not bothered by this because they took a belt from Conor McGregor. That's besides the point. Just the fact that he had the belt for 350 days. There were fighters... I, th- I want to say Dominic Cruz was out for three years while holding the belt. Daniel Cormier won the belt, the uh, the 205 belt. How long ago? He is yet to... He's yet to defend it. He had a he had a fight with Johnson scheduled that didn't go through, so he fought Silva, um, and that wasn't for a belt. So then he had a fight with or no he had a fight with Jones for UFC 200. Jones gets pulled. Then he fights Silva not for the belt. Then he had a fight with Johnson scheduled. Cormier gets hurt. And Johnson beats up uh, Glover Tejera, not for a belt, not for an interim. Um, but so, so Cormier's had the 205 belt for way over a year. Maybe he did. He defended it against Gustafson. 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 Sorry, Gustafson. But still, he's had that belt over a year without fighting for that belt. Conor McGregor had the 45-pound belt, the 145-pound belt, for 350 days while active fighting. He had three fights after winning that belt. The two Diaz fights and the 155-pound championship against um, Eddie Alvarez. So you can't say he was inactive. Obviously, he wasn't paying attention to the featherweight, but... If things would have went as planned, if he would have fought RDA instead of Nate Diaz and would have beaten RDA, you know, who's to say he wouldn't have went back down to 145 and fought again? You know, but maybe he would have fought Frankie Edgar. And he would still be holding both belts. And now, so Conor McGregor beats Eddie Alvarez in, what was that, November? It's now January, so two months ago. And in March, Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson are fighting for an interim belt. An interim. Four months after a, champ, after a new champion gets the belt. Four months after Conor McGregor wins the belt, they're already fighting for an interim. What the hell? What the hell is this? How does that work? I don't understand it. Um, I don't know. If, is it just to sell pay-per-views? I understand that championship fights will bring more views, but do interim championship fights? Has anyone done the research on that? Like, just saying it, it's for an interim belt, does that mean anything to people? Because when a fighter wins an interim belt, they almost, they almost immediately say, this isn't the real belt. John Jones said it. 
Conor McGregor said it. This isn't the real belt. I want the real belt. So why would, why do the fans care? Oh, we got to buy this. Oh, look, it's an interim fight against Nurmagomedov and and uh, Ferguson. Oh my God, it's an interim fight. Does anyone give a shit? Because I don't, or do I? Because I'm talking about it. I don't know. I just think it's interesting. You know, when Verdum got the interim belt because Velasquez was was hurt, it was because Velasquez was hurt. Uh, he got the belt in two, 2015. Velasquez, had, I don't think he fought since 2013. Definitely a long period of time in between. I don't know if that's the exact amount of time, but you, you get what I'm saying, you know. Who knows? Who knows where, what this the new company is doing, WME or whatever the hell they're called. Um, maybe they know what they're doing. Maybe not. It's definitely interesting, you know, especially the whole... Interim belt for 155. Um, fighters have had kids before. I'm pretty sure I would imagine there's been a, a champion a champion fighter that's had a kid before, um, and they didn't throw up an interim belt because he said he he's taking some time off. And he never said how long he's taken off. That's what Dana said, not him, not Conor McGregor. So who knows when he'll be back? Probably I, I would imagine sooner rather than later. Or maybe they they know something that we don't, and the, the Conor McGregor-Floyd thing is really going to happen, which I don't give a shit if it happens or it doesn't. I'm just tired of hearing about it. you know. Until it actually happens, then talk about it all you want. But um, all this, you know, Dana throws out a number, then Floyd says that's not enough, calls him a comedian. Floyd wants $100 million. He'll give Conor 15 Conor wants $100 million. I mean... Until we actually get a date for when this fight's going to happen, is it, is it necessary to keep talking? I mean, Skip Bayless and whatever that asshole, Shannon Sharp, what the hell do they know about fighting? And they're talking about it. So, something, you know, I just hope that it either someone says it's happening or someone says it's not. And, and I hope it's true. And I hope that just, you know, everyone's like, it just satisfies all the people that just keep talking about it because uh, it's getting annoying. And, um, yeah, it's exciting. It would be exciting to watch the two, but um, there's people, I'd rather see Conor McGregor versus Tyron Woodley. I'd rather see how that would go down, you know. Um, I think that's a more interesting fight than Khabib versus Conor. Yeah, Khabib deserves it, but um, that's another guy that took a long time off for injuries. Two years, I think, could be went without fighting. So, who knows? I'd rather see Connor and Ferguson versus Connor and Floyd because I don't want to see Connor walk in there and do boxing roles, even if he beats him with boxing roles. I don't want to see that. I want to see Connor McGregor, an MMA fighter, fight in an MMA fight. Um,. And I don't want to see Floyd try and fight MMA because it's not going to happen. Maybe if they give Floyd boxing gloves and Conor MMA gloves, but that, I think that's an advantage for Conor. Um, so, and I don't think Floyd's going to do anything to, to jeopardize this. That's why he wants $100 million. So, who knows? But I think that should wrap it up. I think I did 45 minutes, or that's not bad for my first time. So I don't know where this is, where you're going to be listening to this, when you're going to be listening to this, if you're going to be listening to it. But I just hope 
that someone listens to it and someone enjoys it. Um, and stay tuned, and hopefully I'll get a new one up in the near future. Probably, I don't want to say I don't want to say once a week because I know I'm not going to do it once a week. Because I'll probably do three in one week, and then I'll go three weeks without doing one, and then I'll do one, and then yeah, you get the picture. So hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, there's actually a good chance I'll do it after the AFC Championship game. Um, just kind of recap that. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, and this is the Not So Epic Rant podcast. <laughs>